the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. Indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So we've got a jam-packed lineup uh, in store for you today. I'm actually thrilled to kick it off with John Estefanis, who is the founder and CEO of Rally Bright, and uh, which is a software-as-a-service team development platform that helps business leaders improve team performance, dynamics, and inclusion. And as I always do in all of our conversations, I like to get to know the person behind the microphone. So John, you and I were just talking offline. And I know you are coming off a uh, very, very busy, I think you said the most successful year uh, to date. So I want to get to know uh, sort of your background that's led to uh, the founding of Rallybrite. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having me here today. Um, yeah, a little bit of black background. Um, you know, years ago, I made the mistake of being a lawyer. Um, and halfway through law school, I realized I actually wanted nothing to do with being a lawyer. So I had been building uh, software systems for hospitals throughout undergraduate and law school. And when I graduated law school, I had this brilliant idea of starting at dot com the summer of 2000. Um, so that worked out really well, but it turned into a marketing agency and a software company. Uh, ran that for several years, sold it, worked at some larger marketing agencies, and uh, really found that uh, what drove me was building great teams, scaling with technology, and helping people learn and grow. And that's that's kind of the foundation story behind Rally, right? Awesome. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, and uh, I want to pick your brain on everything entrepreneurship, everything team building, but also certainly as we talk about uh, the uh, the gist of what you actually do. But let's start on that business side, because I know so many of our listeners are trying to end their year uh, on a bang, and everybody has been talking about the great resignation. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but you have prided yourself, as you just said a moment ago, on building high-performing teams. So in a nutshell, how do you do that? Yeah, uh, you know, high-performing and inclusive teams is, is what we really focus on. And I think there is a model behind what drives that. So a lot of it is focused on how do you build teams that are engaged, that understand their shared purpose and vision, that have psychological safety, trust, and belonging. Um, and ultimately, it's, it's bringing people together, giving them the space to be who they are, relying on them and their expertise to achieve that common vision and goal, and also being aware of your environment. So that's kind of what I've always believed in. And there, there are you know, tried and proven models that you can leverage to build teams like that. That's, you have to that's measure it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So high-performing and inclusive teams. So you just said the measurement word. Um, so yeah. I want to go there. How do you actually measure performance on teams? And that's an important 
uh, factor, especially when we look at in the next few weeks, everybody's going to start to hopefully look at their uh, financials from the past year, whether it's for yeah. filing taxes or, or just to measure how did 2021 go and how do I make 2022 any better? The same thing absolutely is true. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with John Estefanis over here, the founder and CEO of Rally Bright. The same thing is true when you're talking about team performance and inclusivity as well. So how do you do that? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. I mean, there are always going to be the business metrics, right? Like the business intelligence metrics, whether it's your top line, your bottom line, whether it's uh, profitability or margins, um, or for sales teams, for example, are we hitting our quotas? Those are important, but what's equally important and what we found um, helps drive the performance of the team and the inclusiveness of the team is, is looking at how the team works together. So how do you measure it? We look at the behaviors that manifest on a team and how those behaviors align with specific areas that you can then measure around how does the team rely on each other to actually achieve that common business purpose and are they headed in the right direction? So we can look at things like, do we have psychological safety on the team? Do we have shared optimism on the team? Do we have a common vision and purpose? Um, how do we work with other teams or other groups within the organization? And from a performance perspective, are we committed and accountable to one another to achieve our common goals? So those are behaviors you can measure. And once we start to quantify those and dig a little bit deeper, then you can actually start to optimize and you see the outcome of those business intelligence results or those CRM results, which is higher margins, higher profitability, less uh, turnover um, and improved kind of quota achievement. Those are all things we've seen from high performing teams. Absolutely. And um, I will say this, uh, I know that you are building that certainly internally, but also externally. And now I want to sort of dive deeper into what you do, both for individuals, teams, and enterprises. And I will say this, I'm very passionate about what you do. I'm certified in the language of DISC, EQ, uh, 12 driving factors, very, very passionate about the entire language that's there. And I know that you and your team are there to, uh, to again, enable those uh, highly inclusive and, uh, and high-performing teams. So let's talk about what the team at RallyBright does. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we really focus at RallyBright specifically on teams as the core operating units for most organizations. So we understand that no person is an island. I know throughout my career, my greatest pride was building great people around me and actually, you know, working together to, to, to achieve the, those goals and those objectives. And I think that's what drives all the ultimate success. So, you mentioned a couple of things. We, we, we do help individuals in terms of self-awareness. How do we show up at work? How do we behave? There are psychometric tools for that. Then we get to teams where really we believe that the best way to build those high-performing and inclusive teams is to really help managers become better leaders. So how do we democratize a lot of what's out there with management consulting and coaching and actually put the power of data and insights and intelligence uh, into the hands of managers so they can lead their groups better and they can improve themselves? Because ultimately that's the legacy that most executives leave behind is who are the managers we've developed? So, So there is a whole toolkit focused on helping managers build better teams with full transparency. So once you understand those behaviors that drive the performance of an organization or of those those teams, share that with the teams, work together on what the next steps are. Um, and then ultimately at the organizational level, what are the trends that we're seeing? You know, are we an organization that has high psychological safety? Are we an organization that has a lot of friction between departments? We're seeing more and more friction develop um, due to COVID between departments and less so on teams. Teams have actually become a lot closer because they've all been through the same journey and there's a lot more empathy and, um, you know, um, we, we'd like to say safety, communication, transparency 
due to COVID over the last two years. But what we're seeing is yeah, an erosion between departments and between teams. So what are the trends at the organizational level that we can take action on? Absolutely. And I know I threw that term, uh, that uh, acronym of DISC uh, around a moment ago. And, and yeah. you know, it's funny, I'm laughing because, uh, again, I'm chatting with John Estefanis, um, the founder and CEO of Rallybrite. And as you may imagine, John has a long, complicated last name. And so his uh, analogy for me is think Gloria Estefan with an us at the end. And I, as I think about DISC, what was just popping through my mind is that everybody, Gloria Estefan included, has their has that sort of profile. Every single person in the world has that profile of, of, of essentially what makes them tick. And everybody, uh, it's there's no good or bad, uh, it, but it is a language and understanding, again, as, as John has been sharing, how to uh, how to make highly effective uh, high-performing uh, leaders as well. So I want to touch on the C word, COVID. So yeah. you just uh, you just started sort of diving into that a moment ago. And, and definitely, um, we have a different dynamic of teams. And you've touched on it that it doesn't need to be viewed as a, as a challenging thing. But what is that one homework assignment, that one takeaway that you want our listeners to walk away from this conversation? Again, as we've uh, been chatting with the founder and CEO of Rallybrite, what do you want them to do in the weeks and maybe months ahead to create their highest performing and most highly inclusive teams yet? Yeah, that is that is a great question. And, um, you know, what, what I'm going to say is probably not rocket science to, science to most. It, it's really focused on that team connection and looking at psychological safety and belonging on your team. Are you giving people the space? Are, you being, are, they, are they being heard? Are we um, looking at our teams with empathy? Because ultimately, we need to rely on each other to get through everything as the world continues to change. And what we found is um, teams that have that strong connection, and when that, that strong connection is tied to values, they've actually been thriving through the pandemic. We've seen organizations with strong values and strong connection on teams raise more money, hit better numbers, deliver better results, ship better code. Um, it, it really does come down to creating that safe space and having that clear vision and aligning that with your values. Well, I've certainly enjoyed our conversation, but we are running out of time. I've been chatting with John Estefanis, uh, founder and CEO of Rallybrite. We've been talking about building high-performing and inclusive teams, including in a very challenging environment, which, which we're in right now. And I know all of our listeners are surely uh, grabbing their pens and paper and certainly want to get online, get in touch with you and your team so they can build that better 2022. John, how can they reach you and your high-performing team? Absolutely. So please reach out to us. Uh, reach out to me personally, John at rallybright.com or hello at rallybright.com if you want to reach out to the team and um, we'll, we'll be sure to follow up with you all. Absolutely. Well, John Estefanis, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to having you back on to continue this conversation, something I'm very passionate about. Um, but first, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial because we've got some great conversations in store for you today. But be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com, because we know that as you, we wrap up this year, you're interested in uh, making sure that your health care plan for your family, for your business is in shape. And you can do that at healthplanchicago.com. We're getting a quick break on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Here we are. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So I've been super excited for this conversation because I'm chatting with a true entrepreneur. And that is Brittany Anderson, who is the uh, president and partner of Minnesota-based Sweet Financial Partners. Love that name. 
Um, she's also about to launch the book, Dream Architecture. Um, and uh, also, as I understand it, a, uh, a mom um, of three and a wife. Oh, my goodness. You got your hands full, Brittany. Welcome to the program. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. So please tell our listeners a little bit about the background that led to, of course, your uh, beautiful family and, of course, your beautiful business. Awesome. Well, uh, a little bit of background. I actually, if you would have talked to me in my college years and said, Brittany, are you going to be in the world of finance? I would have said, absolutely not. That was not the path that I was thinking. I um, was absolutely geared towards management and leadership and teaching. All of those things were really appealing at the time. Um, I actually, it's a funny story because uh, I was looking at basically working closer to where I lived. Um, I saw a job opening come up and it was for a client service position at Sweet Financial, what was services at the time, not partners, uh, applied for the job. It was a really long drawn out process, ended up landing it and uh, got into that role, realized quickly that I missed the management or leadership component. So really started looking intrinsically at what I wanted for my life and my future and the impact that I could make. So I uh, ended up getting into the operations role, then moving into the chief operations officer, and then now president and partner. And along the way there, there was one thing that I always knew for sure, and that was that I wanted to be a mama. So regardless of the career and the drive and all of that, I knew that I wanted a family of my own. So I met my husband uh, back in 2011. We have three beautiful, healthy children, an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a three-year-old. So Yes, I definitely have my hands full, but as they say, my heart is equally, if not more full. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, that's, that's a fantastic story. Congratulations on all of your success. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this uh, fantastic read dream architecture, which we will talk about in just a moment, it is your uh, fourth book, as I understand it. Um, yes. So uh, you, you have been busy, my friend, indeed. Um, so... Uh, Let's talk about Sweet Financial because I know you're passionate about helping clients nationally um, to uh, build their own exciting futures for themselves. So what is the premise of what you and your colleagues at Sweet Financial uh, aim to deliver on each and every day? Yeah, you know, investment management in today's world is is a commodity. I, I don't know how else to say that, but there's nothing fun, sexy, fancy about it. Um, our whole focus is really on bringing money and mindset together. And you know, one thing that we've we've seen happen over the years is that everybody knows what they're retiring from. You know that you're not going to wake up at a certain time every day and get dressed and go to work at the same job that you've been going to for years and years and years. Or if you're a business owner, the same company you've been running for years and years. Uh, what happens though is there's this massive transition where people have to figure out what they're retiring to. And you know, you get some that think, you know, I'm going to go to Florida and I'm going to play golf and I'm going to be in the sunshine. You know, I'm in southern Minnesota, and so people may not be super eager to hang around here in the winter time. Uh, so, so you get those kind of stories and those conversations about, you know, well, maybe I'll move south or maybe we'll travel a little bit. And our whole premise is, you know, we don't want anybody to feel constrained or restricted. We want them to think 
huge. We want them to dream big and and let us do the work behind the scenes to show you if your plan can get you to where you want to go. And and if it can, then great. We're going to support you and be that accountability partner. If it can't, then we're going to give you some other ideas that that may help suffice that that yearning for fulfillment. So, you know, again, money management is so much more than just the financials. It's so much more than the the fancy tools and softwares and resources that we use behind the scenes. It's deciding what you want and then having that drive and that that, uh, all knowing that you can absolutely go after what you want. So we have a huge, huge focus on helping people dream big, helping them actually achieve those dreams and do the stuff that they've maybe waited a long time to do. and, And now they've got the time to do it. Wow. Amazing. Again, I'm chatting with Brittany Anderson, um, the uh, the president and partner at Minnesota-based Sweet Financial Partners, an advisory firm that's serving clients nas- nationwide and uh, that have built seven plus uh, figures of wealth and want to focus on building an exciting future for themselves. I know, Brittany, you're about to uh, to launch this book, Dream Architecture. Um, which will be uh, your fourth book. Uh, so again, congratulations on that. But this entire topic, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, when we, when you're talking about dreams, which I know is probably if there was a word cloud, probably you use that term quite a bit throughout the day. <laughs> I know it is very, very personal to you based on your own experiences. And if I may, Brittany, I do want to touch on the personal for just a moment um, in your family. Um, and uh, your mom, I know, is an inspiration to you. But how did that sort of move you to uh, to help the people. And uh, as I always say, uh, it takes uh, building a business. It's called that for a reason. It really is hard work, backbreaking labor. I know you put your heart and soul into supporting your clients um, because of this, the experiences that you've had. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my parents divorced when I was four. I have a younger brother who's just about four years younger than I am. Um, and you know, there was a struggle. There was a period where, you know, my mom being a single mom, she was an extremely hardworking woman. Uh, she absolutely put my brother and I before herself, uh, before anything else. And I remember there was, there was one, I guess, moment of impact. You could call it where I was about eight or nine years old. And I remember looking at my mom in her bedroom and she was sitting on her bed and she was, uh, had her bills kind of scattered out in front of her and was filling out her checkbook and she was in tears. And even at eight, nine years old, I knew that she was struggling to know if she could pay everything and if she could afford to, you know, keep the roof over our head and pay the utilities and pay the food and, you know, all of our extracurriculars and everything all at once because she was our sole provider and sole supporter. So it was that moment. And I can honestly attribute back to that one particular moment in my life where I just made that decision that gosh, I don't want any sort of circumstance or somebody else's behaviors or somebody else's choices or uh, actions per se to negatively impact me and my future and and what I want for myself and for my future family. So when I say that I've known all along, I wanted to be a mama, it goes way back to those days. And I think it's because, you know, I look at my mom and even though I saw her struggle, I am so grateful for that transparency because if I was sheltered from it, I don't know that I would be as driven and hardworking and focused as I am today. So, you know, when I look at, you, you mentioned, you know, carrying that forward into how we serve our clients, that's a huge driving force. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. 
What matters is what you pursue going forward and that you look at things like life happening for you instead of to you. So, you know, I, I, I tie that back. Our founder has a similar story of, of growing up with a single mom. His dad left when he was two. And I really think that brings together and shapes how we do business and how we serve people and how we show up every single day, helping people realize that, that you matter, that what you want matters. And, and we're, we're basically in your corner to help you get there. And that partner is uh, is Brian Sweet, your founder, uh, and uh, together you are uh, you've written uh, this fantastic read, Dream Architecture: Build a Retirement Beyond What's Possible. Um, and I love that word, Dream Architecture. So uh, tell us the uh, behind the scenes, the deets on uh, when that book, when we could expect it, and uh, how all of our listeners can uh, can uh, receive some more pre-launch information. Absolutely. So we are really excited. This is launching in late spring, early summer, uh, looking like it's going to be the end of May. We're waiting for that big uh, confirmed date, but really excited to put this out into the world. It's, it's completely the mindset component behind what we do and, and how you can live a fulfilled and dream-filled life. Uh, if you want to get some advanced information, uh, our website under the about, there is an in the news section. Uh, if you want the direct link, it's sweetfinancialresources.com backslash dream dash architecture dash book. Oh, wow. Fantastic. And I encourage all of our listeners to definitely get on that link because you can put in your email address and receive that information when that launch is taking place. And I know it will not just involve a book, but I know that you and Brian, I'm sure, will be uh, will be talking about your own experiences, which uh, very much influenced uh, the words on the pages. And uh, I know that this is not just a job for you, uh, but rather a labor of love. And uh, where there's uh, four books, there's going to be a fifth and so on. So Brittany, one more time, I want to make sure all of our listeners uh, can get in touch with you and your team uh, at Sweet Financial Resources. Can, uh, can you give us again some uh, contact information? Yes. Uh, so the, the website was sweetfinancialresources.com backslash dream dash architecture dash book. Honestly, if you want to email me, I respond to all each and every email, uh, Brittany at sweetfinancial.com. Fantastic. Brittany Anderson, thanks so much for joining us. We've got to squeeze in a very quick break, but more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So I want to do something a little bit different today. And I wanted to talk a little bit about an organization or a cause or a mission, rather, that's very, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, many of our listeners are familiar uh, of my military service. And that's because I have been deployed actually now several times over the past few years. And you, our loyal listeners, have been a part of that journey as uh, occasionally I've aired the best of Get Down to Business. Um, but also, uh, I've brought on many amazing uh, guests, folks that are leaders um, due to their service in the National Guard, the Army Reserve, and are leading dual careers, both in serving their country, their state, as well 
as uh, leading in entrepreneurship and leading in the business community. So I wanted to talk about the ESGR. ESGR stands for the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve. And it's a cause that's near and dear to my heart. And as we say in the military, I'm going to give you the bluff, the bottom line up front. So ESGR, again, the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve is the Department of Defense program that was established in 1972 to promote cooperation and understanding between reserve component service members and their civilian employers and to assist in the resolution of conflicts which occasionally arise from from an employee's military commitment because keep in mind that while you see those service members perhaps in the airport or perhaps assisting with that covid response or responding to a local situation in the community or deploying overseas wherever the nation needs them to be they also again have local employer responsibilities. ESGR is supported by a network of more than 3,000 volunteers and 54 committees located across 50 states, the District of Columbia, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm going to talk more about those volunteer opportunities in just a moment. So those volunteers are really the backbone of the, of the program, which is, again, a, a, an official Department of Defense uh, initiative. And those volunteers, which hail often, like myself, from the small business and industry, government, education, prior military service, brings a vast wealth of experience to assist in serving the employers, service members, and their families. And a very, very small number of support staff are in each state. The reality is that the volunteers are working to promote and enhance the employer support for military service in the Garden Reserve, which is the cornerstone and essential to the success of our military. ESGR has served the country for more than 45 years, fostering a culture where all employers support and value employment and military service members of the National Garden Reserve in the United States. And these citizen warriors cannot defend and protect us at home and abroad without the continued promise of meaningful civilian employment for themselves and their families. So ESGR has continued to adapt to meet the needs of reserve component members, families, America's employers by joining forces with a network of other national, state, and local government and professional trade organizations. The motto is, together we all serve. So I'm very passionate about this work, and I am the, I'm proud to serve in the state of Illinois as the employer outreach uh, co-director, which means that I'm spending a lot of time talking to employers, just like all of you listening to this program, either on the radio here in Illinois or podcasts around the country. And frankly, we need you because there's a way that you can step up to support this important work. So as I said, National Guard and Reserve members need their employers' support both on duty and in the workplace. But where can employers go when they need advice? The reality is that ESGR can help. They help businesses recruit, hire, and support service member employees. It's good for America. It's good for the workforce. And you could actually sign a statement of support, which is a non-binding commitment, but something very, very proudly that you could display on your walls of your local business. And you could do it by going to ESGR.mil. ESGR.mil. It doesn't get any easier. And if you do that, likely in the state of Illinois, I would be the one that would respond to you and set up a, uh, a very nice uh, virtual statement of support signing that we would do on Microsoft Teams or Zoom. We've talked a lot about those platforms on this program and uh, do a statement of support that would be nice 
a nice opportunity for your uh, company to get some nice recognition for supporting military service. But uh, as I mentioned, National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They're highly skilled and get the job done every day. Um, so again, ESGR can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. And again, hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. So again, you want to go to ESGR.mil. Uh, slash employers to learn more about how you can help fill some of those positions within your organizations um, from highly skilled and highly talented Garden Reserve members. And the last thing that I want to share with you about ESGR, again, the employer support of the Garden Reserve, is that there's an opportunity for you to do something that you will be proud of, and that's volunteering with ESGR. It's good for your career and good for your community. As a volunteer, you're going to help National Garden Reserve members and their families network with local businesses, community leaders, and enhance your own professional skills. Sounds like a true win-win if I've ever heard of one. So again, you definitely want to go to esgr.mil. And frankly, you can get in touch with me day or night. And here in the state of Illinois, or frankly, anywhere around the country, I'll connect you with the, uh, with the committee nearest you. So you can get involved, whether it's, again, signing that statement of support that we talked about, hiring Garden Reserve members, or volunteering with ESGR. And I want to highlight some more of those examples in the coming weeks on Get Down to Business. So again, get on my website, shalomkline.com. I could connect you with ESGR. You could also visit ESGR.mil. Um, but also on my website, you could download, obviously, all of our podcasts. And I post a lot of those statements of support. So get in touch with me. I look forward to uh, to sharing these opportunities with you, but we'll be right back more on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and a show that supports our military when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So we know that salespeople, God love them, they live in a world where customers are increasingly reliant on digital communication tools, protective of their time and attention, and hard to reach by voice. And that is certainly true even pre-pandemic, but now it is true more than ever. That's why I'm joined by the co-author of 21st Century Prospecting, the authoritative playbook for new business development. And that's Mark McGraw. Mark, welcome to the program. Well, I'm so, uh, so good to be here. Thank you. Uh, what a timely and important topic as we uh, prepare for Q2 of what I'm still calling a new year. Nobody can shake that from me. It's still a new year in my book. Um, but certainly, again, very, very timely that we have this conversation. It's something that we talk about frequently on Get Down to Business. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Mark, tell me about yourself. And uh, I know, of course, you and your incredible team over at Sandler are doing awesome things. But you know, all your experiences have led to writing this fantastic read. Yeah, so uh, I am a corporate America refugee. So I uh, came out of corporate America and, uh, and uh, really kind of fell in love with the Sandler process and, and our methodology of coaching and training uh, salespeople, uh, being a customer of the, of the product uh, 16 years ago and decided to strike out on my own and, and, uh, and start my own business of coaching and training. Uh, so uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Well, glad you did indeed. Um, you have an interesting background and you've been helping, as you just said, uh, salespeople and sales leaders achieve their very best through sales training, coaching, and you're certainly a SME, a subject matter expert on the sales process. Uh, and I know you're passionate about it because just prior to recording, I know um, you were just having another conversation. So 
Uh, there are several things in the book that I want to cover, and I don't want to give away all the secrets, but you have a really interesting acronym, F-U-D-W-A-C-A. Yes. Um, and I find those, this, that acronym, I've been reading this over and over and over again. Um, and we'll talk about that acronym, um, but also importantly, the do this. And I love that. You have that in the book. It's sort of a homework assignment. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some action items that everybody can do to hopefully you know, change their 21st century prospecting. So, you know, Mark, tell us about that acronym and where it came from. Yeah. So the acronym is FUDWACA and uh, F-U-D-W-A-C-A. And the, the idea behind it is this, is it very often when we're selling, we're focused on like what we do and how we do it. And where we tend to get a lot more traction in conversations with people is when we focus on whatever their issue or their pain is. And the FUDWAC is actually an acronym for the kinds of things that people say in casual conversation uh, that are indicators of potential problems. They say things like F, they're frustrated about something. They're U, they're upset. Or they're D, disappointed in their results in a particular area. They're worried, concerned, or anxious. So F-U-D-W-A-C-A are indicators of potential problems by which we as professional sellers and consultants, uh, consultative sellers should be digging into these things and understanding what their impacts are to the customer, the prospect, uh, and staying away as long as we can from like what we do and how we do it. There's probably 20 other ways to go use it, but that's what that acronym stands for. And, and I do love it too. It's it's awesome. It's fantastic. So uh, again, uh, we're living in strange times. Uh, we're living in strange times, and and certainly business owners are, you know, often working from uh, you know from their from their dining room table, or you know, they're they're a different environment um, than before. And frankly, this was a transition that was taking place even pre pandemic. You know, we're living in a increasingly global world um, where there's often, a, you know, everybody over scheduled, hyper focused on what they're doing. Everybody's moving faster with less time for distractions than ever. So uh, again, the, what is that basic premise of 21st century prospecting that you are, that you're tackling that you haven't seen perhaps in other, uh, in other playbooks that have been written in the past? One of the big thing, things that we've seen over the last couple of years is that in some respects, it's been more difficult to reach the right people that you want to reach. In some respects, it's actually easier, but in, in, in no small order, the amount of emails that are being sent has gone up. The amount of response rates generally have gone down. Data shows you those types of things. And so in order to be able to break through and have meaningful conversations with people, we have to take a different approach uh, in, in the environment that we're in. And, and, you know, like, for example, one of the things that we need to do is hyper-personalize every message that we send to someone. Uh, we see a lot of people that are in professional sales where they try to craft one message or one email and kind of blast it out uh, over and over. And while you might be able to do that to some degree, when you hyper-personalize the message, and we can talk a little bit about that, you tend to get higher response rates and break through the noise and the clutter of what's going on. Oh, and I do want to talk about that because certainly I've been the recipient of those messages. And frankly, I'll be honest with all of our listeners that I've, I've made those mistakes of 
you know, being busy and trying to think of the shortcuts. But the reality is, is in order to, uh, in order to uh, tie into those emotions, the reality is that you've got to work harder and think in the lens of the recipient of whether it's that phone call, that email, that communication that you're going to send out and be very intentional about everything that you're doing. And again, I'm chatting with the expert on this topic, uh, the author, co-author of uh, 21st Century Prospecting, the authoritative playbook for new business development. And Mark, I know you wrote this book um, with a colleague. Uh, I want to give him a shout out as well. Absolutely. A great friend of mine and uh, really a visionary guy, John Rosso, uh, who is a fellow Sandler owner as well. Absolutely. And I know uh, John has uh, also written Prospect the Sandler Way. So I do want to talk a little bit more about that personalized messaging, um, but we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So don't touch that dial because we're going to continue our conversation about 21st century prospecting when we return in just a moment. Go to my website, shallandfine.com. Download more podcasts. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on Get Down to Business. Uh, you can go to my website, shalomfine.com, to download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Uh, and of course, we are live every Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer in Chicago. Um, but I've been uh, chatting with the co-author of 21st Century Prospecting, having, having a fascinating discussion with Mark McGraw, who together with John Rosso has literally written the playbook on, uh, on what you need to do in order to uh, master the world of new business development. And I know, um, Mark, both you and John have uh, gone the Sandler way and uh, spend, your, uh, spend your days and probably your nights too helping people with sales training. And you really give a lot of tips in this book, which is a must read for anybody who's in business in the world of entrepreneurship and want to understand um, the, uh, the FUDWACA. Um, but we covered that just a few minutes ago. I don't want to go over that again. But Mark, you honestly piqued my interest when you talked about how you need to take the time to personalize communication. Mark, uh, I want to start uh, this topic by asking you, what's the worst example that you've seen of somebody that, uh, you know, where it doesn't go right and the consequences of it? Yeah, you see, you see a lot of examples. I mean, if you, I think as a, uh, if we're in business, we're being prospected by somebody almost at any given time. And if you look at the messages that you're being sent, I think we learn a lot by looking at what works and doesn't work when people are, are approaching us. And what you tend to see are the exact same message over and over and over. And, uh, and a lot of times I think that that's either uh, mass email marketing systems going to work or it's people that are just not very creative in their approach. And one of the things that we found that works well is, is, and this is, this is particularly true in the business to business arena and where you're calling on somebody and you want to reach a particular person. Uh, and so in this approach is to hyper personalize the message. And what that means is, is like, for example, if it's an email, uh, the subject line should not be able to be created by any automated email marketing system or a database pull. So if you can find something about, so let's say something that someone tweeted about, uh, or uh, maybe they gave a presentation at some place and you found that on the internet and you can reference that in the subject line and in your message that you're reaching out to somebody, you're going to have a much higher probability of getting, uh, getting a response rate. Uh, back. Just that's just one little thought around that. 
Well, that's powerful stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so being current, actually taking the time to research the people that you're talking to and hoping to get business from, what a revolutionary concept, but certainly putting that time in <laughs> is key. And again, I'm chatting with the author uh, of 21st Century Prospecting. And I know in the book, you provide templates for constructing an effective 30-second commercial uh, to get prospects to engage emotionally. And that's really important. Um, people hear pain statements and maybe they cringe, but uh, I know uh, the you and uh, your co-author, John Rosso, uh, view it as a positive thing. Um, so we're just out about just about out of time, Mark. And uh, your book is a great read and I want everybody to pick it up and I want everybody to get in touch with you. Uh, Mark, how can people learn more and perhaps most importantly, uh, pick up a copy of this uh, of this book? Sure. Uh, it is available on our website, salesengine.sandler.com. Uh, and then folks can reach out to us out at that site as well. It's also available on, uh, on Amazon for a Kindle as well. So uh, happy, to, uh, happy to work with folks and, and share with them ideas. And uh, we, we put a lot of time into it and try to make it very applicable for someone to be able to actually work on a playbook uh, live real time as they're going through the, the book. Okay. And in 15 seconds or less, what is that one piece that you want everybody to put into practice this week? I, I, you know, if you said, okay, here's one, I'd say, hey, go, if you're going to prospect and you're going to work on building your business, go build out a cadence of uh, a sequence of conversations and make that cadence involve multiple channels or methods by which you reach out to somebody. So not just email, not just phone, but maybe through LinkedIn, through video, through tweets, through message find a cadence because people communicate differently and find it, find whatever it is that they're going to respond back through. I love it. Great tips from Mark McGraw, 21st century prospecting. That's wrap for us here and get down to business. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560 The Answer. Get to my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.